0: hello and welcome to episode 121 of the atlanta man podcast i'm your host ryan rogers and i'm here as always with my friend evan to talk about the first place atlanta falcons evan how are you feeling on this monday night
1: that feels that feels good to hear out loud um, yeah, yeah, this Sunday played the Bucks. It was a it was a division showdown. Um, I, I think we expect ex- we you know, we got what we expected. It was going to be a close game, low scoring, um, just just a good old duel. and you know, it wasn't ugly. I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't pretty. It, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: it, it was pretty ugly, but a wins a win first place in the division, um, you know, seven weeks in. Uh, we'll take that all day long. Um yeah, your first place Falcons. Let's go.
0: Yep, it uh it was not pretty one bit. Um it could have been pretty, honestly, if they wouldn't have uh turned the ball over three times in the red zone. It could have probably been a pretty decisive win. And it seemed like those turnovers in the red zone were gonna catch up with them, but they were able to hold off the bucks sixteen to thirteen defense was really good again. They have just been such a solid unit all year. And, you know, they, they had the one touchdown drive the Bucks did uh, early in the game. And it was a bomb to Mike Evans. And, you know, really, other than that, the Falcons weren't letting up much. You know, just two field goals outside of that touchdown. And, um, you know, just a stellar performance by the defense. Again, they have just been so consistent all year and really have kept this team afloat when the offense has a – Tried its best not to, and they kind of did that in this game. They had, I've already mentioned it, the three turnovers in the red zone. They did start off the game with a touchdown drive in their first possession after a, a Bucks turnover on downs. They go eight plays, 58 yards. Desmond Ritter runs in a two yard touchdown to make it seven to nothing. And uh, yeah, that, that was a nice drive. That was a nice drive. Um, you know, um, nothing too crazy happened. A few John D. Smith catches, Tally Algier had some nice runs, but uh. You know, um, a good a good uh, Hodge play, which it's always good to see for 19 yards to start off the drive. So, what do you think about the opening drive? Because um, this is probably the most clean drive they had all game, honestly.
1: Yeah, back to back weeks now where um, you know the other team got the ball first, scored, and then you know we go down the field and score a touchdown our first drive. Um, yeah, you know we scored our first drive, our second drive in the in the Texans game uh, two weeks ago, and then I'm pretty sure we scored. Um. No, we didn't score against the Jacks, so no, there wasn't weeks. much scoring as oh. the Jacks. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, three weeks in a row getting a touchdown on the first or second drive. Um, you know, that's always something you want to see off to a good start. Um, you know, Ritter making some big time throws, looking looking very comfortable in the pocket. Um, and and you you know this is what you kind of expected. You know, a little little shootout like after seeing that drive. Um, I don't know about you, but. I was expecting, you know, some, some, some more points after that one, but uh, things really slow down after that drive.
0: Yeah. You know, the Bucks scored after with that Mike Evans touchdown. And then a uh, seven to seven, then who hits a field goal uh, to make it 10, seven. Then the Bucks get one, two um, with uh how much time was left? Five minutes left in the second quarter. And then this started the uh, theme of red zone fumbles by Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, I think the second one wasn't his fault. I think uh, Matthew Bergeron just snapped the ball off his leg and, you know, Ritter really never had a chance to even receive it. It kind of looked like he just dropped it on the on the uh, first look, but you can kind of see that the ball went off of his leg. But here's the first one was um, third and goal to Tempe 11 with uh, 25 seconds left. So you're in field goal range with um, halftime looming and you get the ball your halftime. So you have a chance to go up. 13 to 10 at halftime, but Desmond Ritter gets strip sacked by Shaquille Barrett. And um, yeah, it's pretty frustrating when you uh, have a play to, or have a chance to just go up at the half with getting the ball after halftime. And then all of a sudden you just hand the ball right off the Tampa. They don't, they don't score anything. They just take a knee, but it is a, it is a pretty big swing there considering you get the ball after halftime. So that was pretty frustrating, but you know, they just progressively got worse. So we we didn't know at the time there was, worst to come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a long drive. Um, I think it was 12 plays, 60 yeah. yards. Um, you know, it was a good methodical drive. They, they took all the time off the clock. So, you know, the bucks weren't going to do anything. Um, you were really just hoping they could get seven, um, you know, three at, at the least. So, um, yeah, that, that was a huge swing and the momentum of the game, uh, right before half, like you said, we get the ball, start the second half. Um, yeah, it really sucked because, you know, third down you're, you know, he takes the ball back and you know, you're just hoping he throws it away. Let's just take take three, head to half with the lead. And um, yeah, fortunately that didn't happen. He kind of got blindsided, which uh was super unfortunate right there.
0: Yeah, it was. And um, you know, it wasn't the end of the world though. Uh Bucks took a knee, head to half time to get the ball after. Falcons go three and out the first drive with uh only getting two yards on that one. And then the Bucks fumble their next possession. Um, Tompkins, who was kind of all over the place in this game, uh, fumbled. Uh, Nate Lambin got the recovery, um, and uh, set the Falcons up with a great field position at the Tampa Bay 27. And then uh, the Falcons get it all the way down to the one, first of all, at the one. And this was the aforementioned snap ball off of the leg. And uh, this is funny in the play by play, it says D Ritter fumbles and then in quotations aborted or in parentheses aborted <laughs> at the one. I've never I've never heard of, like of being called aborted, but um, yeah, that was that was probably the most brutal. Actually, it was. I think the, the third one was worse, but you know, ball at the one, first a goal, and it's just a botch snap, and that it doesn't get much worse than that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, right after making a big time throw to Drake London, on uh, yeah, oh, to... uh, we
0: need to talk about that too. Of him just like landing on his head, like yeah. I don't know how he didn't break his neck on that play. That was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he, he he leaped toward the pylon, and um, you know I, I watched this play in slow motion probably ten times, and I still can't tell if his hand grazed the ground or not. I mean, it was yeah. so close. Um, you know, they end up calling him out at the one, and then the very next play we fumbled the ball. So um, yeah, at this point, I'm just you know if I had a you know if I was playing Madden or something, the controller would be broken because that's <laughs> that's two drives in the in, inside the you know red zone, just to no points. You know, you're not even getting three. You're just walking away with nothing. So uh, frustration was setting in at this point.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, London came so close to the scoring on the last play. And that was a third and eight, too. So being able to convert that, even not scoring right there, felt huge. Um, Getting it to the one with three or four chances and then just that happening uh, pretty bad. But credit to the defense because immediately three and out. Get the ball back. Uh, go down the field, get in the field goal range for KU. They did. Uh, they did have fourth and one at the Tampa Bay twenty-three. They didn't go for it. They did, uh, elected to kick a field goal. You know, that's kind of what they can go either way. But they take the points. And um, you know, what this game was going, maybe uh, probably the best decision there with just the ball security issues they've had. And a little did they know? It was going to get worse as uh, the next drive they go on another huge run, ten plays, ninety-two yards as the drive started out at the seven-yard line. And, um, God, this one was just terrible. Um, you know, it's not really anyone's fault on the Falcons. Ritter did kind of let up running to the pylon, but just a really a great play by Antoine Winfield to punch the ball out at the last second as he was a millimeter away from scoring a touchdown. A little bit a 12-yard touchdown run for Ritter. Um, you know, ball gets punched out the very last second, goes out of the back of the end zone for a touchback, and uh, Tampa Bay gets the ball back. Down three with six minutes and 30 seconds left. This is the one I didn't get to see live. I saw the other two live. And um, yeah, looking at the street play, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like it was like, it got to the point where like, you can't make this up. Just they <laughs> kept getting worse. It was just who. But it, this was actually a good play by Antoine Winfield. I mean, Ritter probably should have, I mean, he let up barely. You can kind of tell because he thought he was walking in and he just guess he didn't know Winfield was right behind him.
1: Yeah. Um, this is. You know, rec football 101, If you're running on the left s- sideline, have the ball in your left hand. Yeah, um, that too. Yeah. You know, it. He 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 knows now. You 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 got to wrap two around it. You know, when you're expecting contact. I don't know. He didn't see him. He was behind yeah, him. Yeah, he did, He was not expecting contact at all. This was just super unfortunate. I mean, this would only happens to the Falcons, I think. Um, you know, back to back, like, you know, drives that end on the one. Like, no points. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, we scored those two touchdowns and th- this is a blowout. Like, we're not even questioning anything. Oh, yeah. And for, for Ritter to fumble three times um, like that, both, all three in the red zone, which is, you know, you can't make it up. Like you said, it, it's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, for the first and third ones, you have to give credit to Tampa. I mean, the first one was a strip sack, which is one where Ritter was putting the ball up to go throw and it got, Swiped out. They had to make a play. I mean, the second one was just, just terrible snap, and that's just that can't happen at the NFL level ever. You know that happens at a high school game. And you're like, oh, that's bad. Just snap the ball. You know, you do this all week in practice, but um, yeah, it ends up not mattering though because once again, the defense, uh, the Bucks actually go on a pretty solid drive. They get the ball all the way down to the Falcons 26, but Baker runs into Machine Gun Richie, and uh, he gets a huge pick with uh, about three and a half minutes left to uh, set the Falcons up to go down on a game-winning drive. What do you think about the Richie Grant pick? Because, you know, really outside of uh, Jesse Bates in week one, the Falcons have not been big in uh, creating turnovers through the air and getting interceptions. And that was, you know, a huge time for it because the Bucks were driving. They were looking like they were going to go score a touchdown and uh, take the lead. And, you know, being able to do that um, was a pretty huge uh, – to get the ball back for a for a second at least.
1: Yeah, that I mean that was absolutely huge. Uh like you said Tampa was was really driving the ball and you know, it felt like they were going to start running the ball, taking some time off and really just trying to, you know, leave leave the Falcons, you know, caught red-handed with no time. Um but yeah. as you saw I mean Richie Grant played that to perfection. I mean, he was huge on Sunday. Um you know, we'll talk a little bit more about him later in the show, I'm sure, but you know, he was he was ridiculous. He was all over the field, uh, past deflections, you know, just causing a stir in the run game. I mean, he was, he was all over the place. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been super underrated this year, um, with Jesse Bates coming in, but, but man, Richie Grant has been an amazing, um, addition to this Falcons defense.
0: Yeah. He's really helped uh, solidify the secondary for sure. That was probably his biggest play of the season. And, uh, you know, it was just it, like the Falcons end up scoring their next drive. They go three and out, but just to stop that momentum, stop that drive, and at least just uh, you know, give the whole defense a breather. For it, it was it was a three and out, but you know, just uh, being able to catch your breath. It was disappointing in the moment not be able to capitalize. But you know, the Falcons they got a punt after three and out. Tampa goes on another pretty good drive. I guess the defense did get a little shaky towards the end, but they were able to hold. Um, Baker and the Bucks to a field goal as they got a sack on third and goal. And, uh, yeah, Camarda hits a field goal to tie the game at 13 with 45 seconds left. And the Falcons go on a game-winning drive. You know, it was it was a nice, nice sight to see. Desmond Ritter completes a, a really huge pass to Kyle Pitts for 39 yards to get it down to the Tampa Bay 36. They get a couple more yards. Uh, Bishan got his first carry of the game. <laughs> with 33 seconds left, which we'll talk about in a second, um, for three yards, and that got, got them a little bit closer. And then uh, Koo comes in, four seconds left, nails a 51-yard field goal. And for, I think, the second time this year, he walks us off with a field goal. Falcons win 16-13, to and all is right in the world. They hang on and win, a game that they probably could have easily lost because of all the turnovers. So it was definitely, you know, it was an ugly one, but it was a satisfying ending. That Pitts play, he was pretty quiet up until then. And, um, you know, that was was a huge play to set them up for the field goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the play before, um, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts uh, went 39 yards. There was actually like a a replay where, um, you know, it was Pitts again. It was, you know, reviewed if it was a catch or not. They ended up ruling it incomplete. And very nice play, 39 yards to Pitts. I mean, that was – you couldn't have drawn that up any better for the Falcons. I mean – uh, the Bucks gave you the ball back with uh, with 45 seconds left. Um, they just tied the game, and so to um, you know take the ball from the other end of the field all the way down, get in field goal range, and Koo just drilling it. Um, you know, super satisfying win. I mean, man, th- th- that that was a true divisional game. I think the defense was shaky, like you said towards the end, but I mean,
0: they didn't break. They bent. They didn't, didn't break. break. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we'll take field goals all day. Um, you take you take away the three fumbles and this is a blowout. I mean, three trips yeah, to the red. 27
0: line. to 10, probably something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, Ritter, three turnovers, two of them, you know, you can you can say weren't his fault. Um, he needs to be better though, I think, uh awareness-wise. Yeah. Um, but but really I, I think Ritter made some huge throws. Um, yeah, he really did. He 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 made some big time throws, and you know, despite having three turnovers to come back out in the last drive. Take your team down on the field and win the game. Like all is well, all is well. We'll take that.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a huge win, the first road win of the season, and um, putting us in first place and our first real divisional game. You know, we did play the Panthers, but it doesn't count really. <laughs> but these games against the Saints and Bucks are going to be huge. And getting the first one on the road, especially with this team's struggles in their first two road games so far, was a uh, pretty huge. So. Yeah, we can get into the individual performances. I guess now we should talk about Bijan. We kind of saved it for the end here. Um, all the comments seemed to say that Bijan was kind of sick, said he had like a huge headache. I don't know if it was like a migraine or something. That's what Bijan said after the game. Arthur Smith said that they went through, uh, you know, the warm-ups, see how he's feeling, and he was just not feeling it. And, you know, he said uh, that they got other guys. I mean, they do. Uh, Patterson and Algier combined for 31 carries. So uh yeah, uh, one other thing about it, though, for I hand to you, the NFL is actually looking into the Falcons keeping this away for so long. I mean, he did play. I don't know his his exact snap count. It wasn't very high, but only one carry. You know, it really did it messed up a lot of people's uh, uh fantasy and parlays for sure. I know DraftKings actually refunded every Bijan Robinson bet. So. What do you think of this cuz it was really just bizarre and just for him to get the care his first carry with 33 seconds left it was just it was just so weird i guess they're kind of using him as a decoy.
1: Yeah, super weird. I mean, the reports that Bijan wasn't feeling well didn't come out till around halftime and everybody yeah. was thinking, you know, what the hell is going on? Why is our why is our, our first round draft pick not touching the ball? Um I was in that same boat, but you know, you know, luckily I was on Twitter and I could kind of see a little bit behind the scenes of what, what was going on, but I mean, it was bizarre. Like, um, you know, he was pretty much just a decoy out there. Um, you know, really, really good of him to even be out there if he really wasn't feeling well, you know, for the good of the team. I mean, uh, you know, I know it's hot down there in Florida. I can imagine um, not feeling too well, how, how, you know, tough that might be, but for him to be out there as a decoy um, with just the threat, um, you know, I'm sure that opened up a few more things, but um Yeah, really strange one carry, Um, you know, granted that he played, you know, over 25% of the snaps, Um, you know, super weird, just a statistical, you know, weirdness going on. But um, yeah, yeah, it turns out he was sick, Um, you know, hopefully he's feeling better. I know Arthur Smith said that, uh, you know, his sickness won't affect uh, this week against Tennessee, but um, yeah, hoping to see him back in, in, in full return with full reps this week.
0: Yeah, and it kind of makes this one even more impressive because they pretty much won without Bijan. I mean, he was essentially inactive. I know there was the decoy threat, but you know, being decoy is more of a receiver thing. It's more easy, there's more effective uh to be a decoy. We saw Devontae Amstood a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. He was just he wasn't hundred percent. He was just out there getting covered and drawing attention. Now you still got a plan for Bijan, but at a certain point when he hasn't got a carry and you're in the third and fourth quarter, you're like, Oh, he's probably not getting the ball. And he, he didn't until – the very end which that was just hilarious him getting the one carry I guess they're just like I, I mean if you got one in you you know here's <laughs> now's the time break one off and let's get this field goal closer I mean you got three yards so I guess that helped a little bit but yeah it was just really weird I really have never seen a situation like this at all <laughs> like usually they'll just be inactive and they won't play but I guess they still just wanted a threat out there and I guess that makes sense but uh yeah the other running backs Algier he got the bulk of the carries of 21, but only 2.8 yards per carry. Um, CP was really the more effective runner in this one. 10 carries for 56 yards. Probably got him the ball a little bit more. He was really uh, moving on some plays. He looked like old Cordero Patterson out there. And then uh, the receivers, Drake London was pretty good. Six catches, 54 yards. He had some big uh, big catches on the stretch. And then Kyle Pitts, only three for 47, but he had probably the biggest catch of the game. Scotty Miller had one catch for 46 yards. He caught a bomb. Desmond Ritter finally completes a huge deep ball that was definitely his best one of the season and kind of funny that it was Scotty Miller catching it not Pitts or London. Um, Johnny Smith did his thing three for 27. Um, they didn't throw the ball a ton 25 attempts but Ritter 19 for 25 250 yards no touchdowns but you know he, he threw the ball well I, I thought you know no picks. Um, the fumbles are bad, obviously, and he he had a couple of good runs, too, including the rushing touchdown, six for 38 yards running the ball. That's good, too. So, yeah, what did you think about the all around offensive effort in this game?
1: Yeah, stats wise, um, Ritter, 19 of 25, you know, super efficient, 250 yards. Um, you know, he threw the ball really well, made made big time throws. You know, he kept it really clean on, on, on that aspect of it. Offensive line, pretty good. Only gave up a, a sack. Um, yeah, Ritter was using his feet a lot, which you like to see. You want him to expand a little bit more on that. Six for thirty-eight. Should have had two touchdowns, but only had one. Um, Jonu Smith, three for twenty-seven. All came on the first drive. So yeah, um, it seemed like he was about was to trying...
0: have a big game, and then. <laughs> but so you'll yeah. take that from him though.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he came out hot. Um, I don't know if he drew more coverage or what, opened things up for for the others. Um, but you know, he he's looked really good this year. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought this was the start to another big game, but, you know, we'll take that first drive all day long. Um, Yeah. De- you know, defense wise, Nate Landman coming in at linebacker. I mean, you know, after losing, um, you know, after losing your starting linebacker, you know, he was fantastic. Twelve tackles had the fumble recovery. Um, we, we hit on Richie Grant. Okuda was phenomenal. Like I got to I got to shout him out. Like he is completely revived. Um, his career here in Atlanta. Um, I just want to shout him out. I'll get some more statistics on him, but, uh, you know, he's been absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah, he has really good um, for sure. I think he did a a pretty good job. I think he was on Godwin for most of the game, and they had A.J. Terrell and Mike Evans. Terrell actually kind of had a rough game. Um, He had a few penalties drawn against him, a couple of defensive holdings, and a pass interference, I think. He did have a sack on a blitz, I believe. Um, oh, no, that was not him. That was a Bates that went on a blitz one time, and he almost got a sack. That's what I was thinking of. But, yeah, he he had a couple of rough moments with Mike Evans. He was on Evans when he gave up the big touchdown. But, yeah, you're right, Akuda man. He has just been so solid. Haven't been seeing him on the TV, and that's always a good sign. So that's kind of my barometer for a good defensive back, and he really has just been, you know, quietly really good this year. And, you know, he's, yeah. he's always had the talent. I mean, that guy was – I can't remember a more hyped-up cornerback prospect, Rick, really in my entire lifetime. Like, he was he – was, I think he went third overall. He was, like, as much of a sure thing as everybody thought, and he just didn't work in Detroit. And, you know, I think you're kind of seeing that talent uh, come to fruition with the Falcons. And, you know, for a fifth-round pick, I, I loved that flyer at the time, and, you know, it's kind of paying dividends now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this is the stats from Okuda um, before this week. Um, I know he added on five more tackles um, and uh, another pass deflection. But so far this year through the Washington game, he's had nine targets at him, three receptions allowed for 51 yards, no touchdowns, and a 53.5 passer rating allowed. Um, you know, that doesn't really show up in the stat sheets too much, um, but but he has been fantastic. I mean, he's really locking down the slot position. Like you said, top three pick, the talent was there, um, you know, just some injuries and uh, some scheme issues in Detroit, you know, they were kind of holding him back he, a little bit. He felt like free Hefe is what he says. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's been awesome, dude. I, I, I love the move. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, a re-signing m- might be in the future. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on that.
0: Yeah, I think he is due. I think this might be the last year of his rookie deal or second to last, um, but they might have the option for him next year with the first round pick. So yeah, definitely a guy that, I think the Falcons for sure should be interested in keeping him around. And yeah, he has been very solid That's really a lot of the defense has been this year. I know Campbell had another sack in this game. You know, AJ Terrell was kind of shaky, but you know, he's a, uh, he's AJ Terrell. You're not really, really got to worry about him. David Onyemeta had a sack, you know, just really nice defensive game. And they, they had some huge stops, you know, late in the game, they kind of got shaky, but they didn't give up the touchdown, which, you know, that's, that still matters. And um yeah, shout out to them, man, because they've just been one of the better units in football this year, honestly. K- kind of quietly. You know, Falcons defense they didn't really have the reputation of being good. And they are this year. So shout out to them. Um, yeah, let's look ahead now. They got uh they got Tennessee next week, and they're actually gonna be wearing the Oilers uniforms. So we'll see uh if they got any extra juice in those. But Tennessee, they are uh, they're not very good. They're two and four, they are two and one at home which I guess matters a little bit right now, ESPN is predicting that the, uh, the Titans have a 54% chance to win this game. So I guess they are a little bit higher on the Titans than we are. What do you think of this one? Cause I think it's a winnable game. Um, definitely not like a gimme. Uh, they could, this team could beat the Falcons. They still are, uh, have enough coaching and talent, but I still think this is a game that will take the Falcons in for sure.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think our defense is going to hold up well. Derrick Henry not having the um typically insane year he has, but he still has been good though. He's averaging over yeah. four yards carry still. It's it's Derrick Henry. Um but but yeah, I'm really looking for Arthur Smith um to game plan against this old team. Ryan Tannehill is not good. Um I think he's got actually got hurt. So um we may be seeing um, Malik Willis. Malik Willis coming in. Um I don't think they're drafted.
0: Yeah, Tannehill is questionable. And I know they have been using Willis over Levis.
1: Yeah. So. yeah, it's it's probably going to be Willis. So um really looking forward to this defense taking advantage of a young QB. Um, but like, like you said, ESPN's got us at a 45.2 chance to win. Vegas has us a um, two and a half favorite. Two, yeah. Two point favorite. Two and a half point yeah. favorite on here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking to beat up on Tennessee. Um, they've lost two in a row now. Um, but they are coming off a bye week, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, they are. They are coming so. off a bye, so maybe that, that is a slight advantage to them. And the Falcons just kind of came off of a gritty win, but um, yeah, I think the Falcons are better than the Titans. And you know, God, Ryan Tannehill, two touchdowns this year and six picks. I know he's not playing, but good lord, and he, he is questionable, so he might play. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, either way, I'm not super worried about Tennessee's passing game. You know, they do have DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, he can only do so much and, uh, but Derrick Henry still is good. Derrick Henry can still, um, uh, make you hurt. So yeah, it's an interesting matchup, but you know, it's just this Falcon schedule. We've talked about it every episode, every week. We're going to say the same things like they, they should win this game. They could also lose it. There's kind of, you know, it's every, every opponent's kind of like that, you know, uh, same with the bucks last week. It's kind of a similar matchup, I think. Uh, but I, I do think Tampa is better than Tennessee for sure. So, uh, yeah. You got any final thoughts on the dirty birds before we uh, move on to talk about the other birds
1: playing basketball? I don't, man. I think, uh, I think Tennessee is definitely a winnable game. And then after that, get back home against the Vikings back on the road against the Cardinals. We're looking at three games right here. Um, you know, three, three real tests, not really, not really test for, you know, the Falcons, but I feel like they're tested to see if you're legit or not. So, yeah. um, I'm calling it right now. This is a make-or-break game for the Falcons this week. If 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 they beat up on Tennessee, um, and and take care of the ball like they do, um, you know we 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 may be looking at this this division a lot different. So, um, yeah, yeah, I th- I think it's actually kind of funny if you if you just take a look at the standings. It's it's hilarious. We have a negative 18 point differential, um, but we're two and zero against the division. We're sitting we're sitting up top, looking all pretty. Three and one at home, so um yeah it, this is just comical I, I love looking at this four and three first place it's awesome
0: yeah it is it is definitely interesting to look at um but I was just thinking at the Bucks and uh Saints games the the Bucks play the Bills on Thursday night football and then uh the Colts or the the Saints play the Colts on Sunday so um you know the Colts had a pretty brutal game against the Browns, but I think they could definitely beat the saints and uh, the bill should be very angry about how they played against the Patriots and hopefully beat up on the Buccaneers on Thursday night. So yeah. And the Falcons could put some, some separation in this division if they can yeah. take care of business this week. I mean, five and three is a lot better than four and four.
1: Yeah, so. absolutely. They get, they got the easiest of the three. There's no, there's no question. They need, oh, to, yeah, take, for sure. they need to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. It is time talk some atlanta hawks basketball for the first time in a while it has been a lot of falcons and braves for the past couple months last really long time It's like four months now since the hawks season ended but you know the nba off season it's not that long it will catch up on you quick kind of snuck up the or the the hawks play on wednesday night against the hornets and uh we're going to talk about this team man because i think we're both pretty excited uh got some news today some exciting news and yet Gets extended for years, sixty-two million. I think that's a chance to be a great value deal for the for the for the Hawks. So, yeah, we can talk about that first. When you think about the Akangu extension today was, I guess, uh, everybody was eligible for extensions today or the past couple of days. I know Giannis got extended, Cole Anthony got extended, uh, a couple of other guys too. So, what do you think about this deal? Because I think um, the way Acongo is trending, this could be a steal.
1: This is going to be a bargain in two years, maybe this yeah. year. Uh, yeah, I
0: mean, yeah,
1: he's he's ready to take that next step. Um, I think we were awaiting this contract last year because we saw the potential there. Um, but but he's completely revamping his game. I mean, he's shooting threes. We know how insane his defense is. He's going to be getting more minutes. Him and Capella are probably going to be closer to fifty-fifty, um, especially after this contract and the off-season he put in. Um, this is going to be a steal. This is um, I'm I'm very surprised. Um, Okongwu and his, and his agent agree to this, maybe test free agency waters. I guess he loves it in Atlanta. Um, I, I thought, yeah, I, I think this is just a steal for the Hawks, as, you know, as a franchise, you know, bringing Murray back this year, getting Okongwu. Um, yeah, I'd I, I love the contracts. You know, t- you love to see when players are, are signing team friendly deals to be here and to build something. Um, and, and to see that culture change. You know, we see it with the Braves all the time, but to see um to see this within the Hawks organization is a is a wonderful sign and I I love the deal.
0: Yeah, I mean looking at the numbers of how it's uh chopped up, I, I believe this is right. This is on Spo track. This is an estimate, but I'm I'm gonna just say this is right because it looks right. Um next year it'll be thirteen million, then fourteen, then sixteen, then seventeen. Like that's he could he can make that up so quickly, you know, it, it really depends on the minutes, but I kind of am of the belief that Capella might not be on the team by the deadline. Um, so we will see how that uh, pans out. Um, that's a conversation for another time, but yeah, I think this could be a great deal. I mean, the flashes, he was, he was really good last year. I know the regular season last year was mostly miserable, but he was really one of the most consistent guys on the team when he got a chance to play and you know, his ability to defend on the perimeter and in the paint, like you said, he's developing a jump shot. And if he could make some corner threes, that's just another layer to this game that could be really good. But um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited for Congo. I mean, he sneakily averaged ten points a game last year. You know, yeah. that's nothing crazy. But when you take into account that only twenty three minutes a game, playing elite defense, and you know all, all that other stuff, I mean, it's you know he he really played well last year. And I think, like you said, uh, you know maybe he could have got a little more you know, waiting it out free agency. But, you know, it's still $60 million. That's life-changing money for him. You know, he's already made a good bet being the first-round pick. But to be able to lock that in, it kind of reminds me of when uh, Kevin Herter got extended. It was, I think Herter got a little more than a Kongwu because um, he was a little more proven, had a little more playing time under his belt. But uh, still, great deal for the Hawks. And um, I don't even want to say this. Hopefully it doesn't end up with like the Kevin Herter deal did of uh, <laughs> having a contract to trade. Um, but that's not going to happen. I, I At least I hope not. Um, but Schlink gone and Landry Fields, maybe it's a new tide for this team and the young guys. So yeah, let's get into the let's get into the team, let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, we we got to say, the roster on its face is not as good as it was last year because they did just trade John Collins and didn't really do much else. So you kinda, you you get rid of Collins for nothing, uh, and um, you know you don't really add much, but. Full off season of Quinn Snyder and a full season of Quinn Snyder, I think, is going to be, you know, just as value valuable as adding a star player. In my opinion, I think he's going to make this team like four or five wins better. You know, and take into account guys taking steps forward, like uh, we already mentioned, Nakagwu, Jalen Johnson, AJ Griffin, you know, even Trey and Dejounte, they could be better. So I think this team could be. Very sneakily good in the East, you know. The East has some juggernauts, you know. Dame going to the Bucks and uh, the Celtics, um, but yeah, what's like? What is your overall feel for the season? Like, what do you think this team's ceiling is? Like, how good do you think um, some of the the younger guys could be taking a step forward? All that stuff.
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, if if you're not kind of like in the know abouts of the Hawks, this this roster does look a little weaker because yeah. you look at John Collins and you say. Oh, I remember he used to average, you know, 17 a game, 17 and 10. Yeah. Um, But, but, you know, from the inside in, um, I I think taking away John Collins and his contract really frees up space for Jalen Johnson, for AJ Griffin, for more guys to get in.
0: Sadiq Bay, you haven't mentioned Sadiq Bay yet.
1: Yeah. Sadiq Bay, he's going to be, he's going to be a guy to watch heading to free agency year. So a big step from him. Watch out. But, but yeah, you know, getting rid of John Collins, I feel like, Freeze up a lot. Um, you're you're really banking on a couple guys to take take steps. You know, um, you're you're hoping your rookie, you're, you know, Kobe Buff you You hoping that draft pick is a hit. So yeah, Muhammad Gay. Kinda, you're kind of hoping for some things. Um, you know, hopefully Bogey stays healthy. Um, you know, I think we feel like we know we have in DeAndre Hunter. You're, you're hoping AJ Griffin takes a step. Jalen Johnson takes a step. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like that. Seth Lundy. You know, he could be get more minutes as the year goes on, you know, he looked phenomenal in the preseason. So um, it's, it's a lot of hoping and, and, you know, taking chances that, that, that guys are going to be better and be available. Um, But, but overall I like the roster. Like you said, chemistry goes a long way in basketball. And like you said, Quinn Snyder, um, you know, I feel like his first month there, it was, it felt like we weren't even running his plays. It felt like we were just using the old system and, and just kind of getting through treading water. Um, yeah. so, you know, we'll see. I know the guys are working. Everybody's in came to Atlanta early. Uh, preseason looked really good. Um, yeah, I, th- I think some guys are going to take the next step and, and that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, we have a few question marks, um, surrounding the, the center position, um, uh, the backup point guard position. Um, you know, three and four involvement, like, are we going to stay, you know, stay big with Sadiq? Are we going to go small with Bogey? You know, it's going to be super interesting. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I mean, we're fine. Lim like ceiling wise, I think, I think floor wise, it's, it's a top six seat. Like if it, it's top six seat or bust, I mean, it might be the play in again. Yeah. You can't, you can't. Yeah. You I can't.
0: think, I think DeJounte even said that in his, uh, on his media day interview, He said the play-in is not an option, and I agree. I mean, it'll be three years in a row of the play-in, and I'm looking at the DraftKings Eastern Conference favorites, and they have the Hawks as the seventh-best odds to win the East. So I guess they think they're the seventh-best team, and that would be in the play-in. So, um, you know, they got the Knicks and Heat and Cavs right in front of them. I think they definitely have the potential to pass those teams. You know, the Heat – I know they went on that crazy run, but, you know, the Hawks were just as good as the Heat in the regular season last year, if not better – Um, And that's kind of saying, not saying a ton, because the Hawks were 41-41. and So, you know, we'll see how their season goes. I feel like they're kind of a a damper on their offseason not getting Dame when it kind of seemed like they were a lock to get him. Uh, Cleveland's a weird team. I don't love their upside. I know Donovan Mitchell's really good, but I just don't really believe in them. The Knicks are the Knicks. Jalen Brunson was awesome last year. Uh, Kind of see if he can keep that up. But I think this was some fluctuation. I mean, the 76ers have the third-best odds. Like, is James Harden even playing? Like, like the East, the only sure things are the Bucks and the Celtics. So I think the ceiling, I mean, the absolute ceiling, ceiling I guess they could be a top-two seed if everything went perfect. And, you know, Jalen Johnson's awesome. Trey Young is an MVP candidate. DeJounte returns his old form. That's possible, but I think, like, the realistic ceiling is the three seed. Uh, do, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I, I would probably say the four seed. I mean, like you said. I agree with you. They could
0: be the three seed though. Like it wouldn't be the most insane thing ever.
1: Yeah, it, I mean it would be interesting. It would be interesting. But <laughs> but I, I I have I have full faith. I mean I think I think Boston and Milwaukee, like you said, um, are are the top two clearly. I mean clearly after Giannis resigning the Dame trade, they're they're going to be on one. And I don't think Miami is that good. Uh, in I crazy? I don't think their roster looks horrible.
0: It it uh, it always does. They're kind of like the Rays of basketball. Like they got their guy and Jimmy. And I mean Jimmy's great and you, we know how he is in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they end up seating wise. But I mean they yeah, the roster is not impressive on paper. I mean Bam's great, uh, but you know Tyler Hero is eh you know they, they just don't have a ton of depth. It's it's a weird team for sure. But yeah. I mean they, and they have Eric Spolstra who is a phenomenal coach and that's going to get him a long way too but the Hawks I think the Hawks will be running the heat this year personally yeah
1: yeah i mean like you can almost break the east up into into three um, categories i mean boston and milwaukee stand on their own yeah good
0: they're they're the s tier
1: but then you've got atlanta cleveland miami new york and then you know after that i mean you have uh, like orlando could be frisky toronto i don't think will be very good but they could be frisky Washington, Jordan Poole getting a ton of minutes. Kuzma, I mean, they're gonna score a lot of points. They they're may they dead may not... last
0: in odds though in the East to project to be the worst team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I look, I don't think they're gonna be crazy good. They, they could score, yeah. They're gonna have some nights where, you know, their offense is just on them. I don't they're not gonna play a lot of defense. Um, but but you know, I, I think I think the ceiling is probably four. I don't I gotta see it first. Um, but I, I think we're legit. I think we're built for playoffs to be honest i think i think we're we're better in a seven game series um where you have to you you know you you got the same seven guys going out every night and I, i'll take our top seven with any of those teams um you know it's it's going to be interesting but but no play in this year that's it that's, can't happen. that's oh, you you can't you can't do it
0: it can i mean i would, like if they, they just cannot run out a regular season like they have the past two years of it just being so bad. Like, it's it's a bad product, really. Hard to watch. I mean, they have, they definitely have their moments because they are a very talented team. But, you know, I, I do think a lot of that fell on Nate's shoulders. I think he kind of lost the locker room a little bit. So hopefully Quinn keep these guys locked in. And he's just been so more creative than Nate has, even just in the preseason. I mean, Trey Young standing in the corner. I'm very excited for that of him playing off the ball and be able to catch and shoot. I think that could just open up a whole nother level to his game. And that could help DeJounte too, running regular point guards some more like he did in uh, San Antonio. And then, you know, Jalen, I think he's like everyone circling Jalen Johnson this year to really take a huge leap. And he's, I mean, he's a freak athlete and he really could. So he's a guy to circle, but one guy I'm super excited about, and I think he could have a monster year offensively. We mentioned him a little bit earlier, but it's Sadiq Bey. Like you said, contract year needs to, needs to play well to get a bag and, you know, he can shoot it, man. And I think his defense can be improved, too. He's a huge dude. He's absolutely jacked. It's really just his uh, side-to-side movement that kind of gets him in trouble, but he can definitely, like in the post, being physical, I think he could really thrive there defensively. So I think he's a guy – he's only 24 years old. It seems like he's been around forever because he came yeah. into the league so young, but he could take a step forward. So, yeah, and then you have Mohammed Gay, who they traded up to get out of Washington State, and he's he could be a real threat to power force, too, and take some of those John Collins minutes. You know, this team is really – it really is exciting. They have uh, a lot of um, potential guys that could explode. And Simon, we haven't really talked about Trey yet. I know uh, there's a guy I follow on Twitter who I really uh, appreciate his basketball takes. He is a Hawks fan at the end of the day, but he is he's not he's not a homer. He will shit on the team if he has to. And he says, "Get your Trey Young MVP slips in now."
1: Hey, that's what I said last week. He he is gonna yeah. he is gonna be top three in votes this year. That's my bold prediction. He he he's gonna take that next step, dude. I'm 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 stoked. Like you said, him playing off the ball, him being a threat, running around like Steph. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Like past few years, it feels the offense feels so bleak when he's not out there. When that second unit comes in, it is just iso iso iso. Get to the rack and sc- I mean, there's no movement at all. Um, I'm really hoping Quinn brings that out of the second unit this year. But but you know, back to the first unit. Like you said, Dejounte handling the ball a little bit—that could be a good or bad thing. We saw last year. Um, yeah, but things have got to be moving. When when a guy is dribbling at the top of the key, things need to be moving around. Trey needs to be slipping screens. You know, we could run big Okongu, Capella just twin towers up the middle. I mean, it could be, it could be really fun watching watching the Hawks without the ball in Trey's hand. Like it could it could be legit. Um, I'm expecting a ton of threes. I'm expecting a ton of screens. Um, at the top of the key, like it, it's going to be super fun, super creative. Um, but yeah, back to Bay, like he, he kind of took a dip in minutes when he came to Atlanta, especially in the playoffs. He, he was, you know, seeing just over 20 minutes. He's going to be pushing 30 minutes again, like he did on Detroit. Um, yeah. I'm expecting big things, really big things out of him after this off season. Um, yeah, Muhammad gay, like he is raw. Like he's only been playing basketball for four or five years. Um, you know he he's going to be a project, um, but I would like to see him push ten minutes a night. Like get him in, get him some experience. It, it, it's going to be you know really fun watching this this young group mixed with you know it's it's kind of weird to say like Trey Young's a veteran. He's almost a vet at this point. He's know?
0: the longest tenured hawk since Collins is gone. It's <laughs> which is crazy, but he is.
1: Yeah, I I think this team has a perfect dynamic of, um, experienced players with Capella. Uh, Dejounte and and Trey, with uh, with a bunch of young guys who are who are looking to take that next step. So this team's gonna be a lot of fun. I think they're gonna have you know great chemistry. I think it's gonna be really fun. I'm I'm expecting over fifty wins this year in uh, in the regular season.
0: Yeah, that's um, you know that's that's kind of what you would, would envision. You know, you don't want this team being around five hundred again. Like we already said, playing is not an option. Like I mean, I'm just not going to care if they're in the play honestly. I think we were kind of like that last year. I think we're like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Like I don't really believe in this team. But they actually, I mean, the Celtic series was su- Celtic series was super encouraging last year. Yeah, um, and that I think that's when Quinn finally started to get settled in a little bit. So yeah, I am. I'm excited. I think, um, you know, they have this team has some real potential to recapture that 2021 magic. And you know, with this with these new guys around, Jalen, DeJounte, um, I think Bogie could have a really nice year too. If he can stay healthy, bogey is really good. He can he can shoot it. And uh yeah, like you said, taking a lot more threes, that's gonna be really a key thing I would be looking at. I'm expecting it because they did all the preseason. All those jazz teams that Quinn Snyder coached, they were hucking up threes with Donovan Mitchell and Bogdanovich and uh whoever else was on those teams back then, you know, they uh that was the recipe. And, you know, Quinn, believe it or not, the Jazz were a number one seed one year with Quinn Snyder. And I think this team definitely, I don't think they're gonna be the one seed, but you know, they could be in the mix for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think my ceiling is a three seed and floor has gotta be a six seed. You know, I guess uh if the East just ends up being insane, like that the Knicks are really good or the Cavs end up being really good too, and you know, the Sixers can figure something out. It could, you, there could be a good team and still be a five or six seed for sure. I'll probably project them to be a four or five, but I do think uh, the ceiling is a three seed. And I think, I think they'll be pushing 50 wins too. I, I, I agree with them. I'm trying to find their um, over under, see what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I would project that as well. What, what about, what about you for a seating wise?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, i to actually agree with you a little bit more. I think, I think ceiling is three. Like like you said, Philly just super questionable. We don't know how Milwaukee is going to look. Like, yeah, they go out and get a superstar in Dame, but could they have issues? Dame's never played with another superstar. I feel like, so you know, that's going to be super interesting. I'm 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 not going to sit here and say, yeah, they're going to win sixty games this year. I got to see it. Um, you know, things things could turn out not as good as you know fans expect it to. You know, we got we got to see Dame um, how he pairs with with another, you know, superstar in Giannis and, and Middleton. And so, um, you know, on paper, yeah, they look phenomenal, but I, I want to see it first. So yeah, I'll take, I'll take three C to ceiling and, and, you know, six is the bottom, but you know, I, th- I think top five is, is what you're um, expecting out of this team. Like this team needs to take a next step. Um, It's, it's been that way for the past you know two years since we made that playoff run, this team needs to be top five to be taken seriously. Um, that's kind of my expectations. I think Trey Trey's going to be phenomenal. Dejounte phenomenal. Um, it, like I said, this team is going to be super fun with just the mix of guys they have, veterans, young guys, you know, potential. You know, Jalen Johnson. You know, we'll we'll see how it all turns out. But um, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked, man. It's going to be it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, I think this offense could be a top three offense in the entire league. Um, you know, the defense is going to be interesting, but I think they're going to score so much that they're going to be able to overcome some of the shortcomings on defense for sure. And I do think the defense could be uh solid as well. I mean, we have talked about DeAndre Hunter. You know, if he could uh, be a little more consistent. I mean, that's one thing I'm not ready for is DeAndre Hunter. The madness of watching him play basketball. But uh, we will see <laughs> Jalen Johnson has a ton of potential defensively. We've already talked about a Kangwu Capella. You know, his future's kind of up in the year. But you know when he's when he's playing, he's going to be the anchor. He's going to be a great defensive center and get a ton of rebounds. So um, yeah, you know it's going to be a little weak uh, with Trey and you know Dejounte's not going to be great on the ball, but he's going to be able to get steals and stuff like that. But yeah, I think this team could be a ton of fun. I think uh, it's just such a breath of fresh air with having Quinn Snyder here, and you know I I think this could be the start of something good. You know I'm 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 i to be the four C. That's my final. My final opinion, um, I think they'll be the four seed. They'll play like the Knicks or the Cavs in the first round, and they'll have home court advantage. And I think they'll win that series too, so you can book that first round win at least <laughs> for this team.
1: Did you uh, did you ever find the over-under for the season?
0: Is it? Is I can't. It I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm just doing it wrong, but I can't find it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I, could, I'm going to guess it's probably – like um, 45 and a half or something. It's probably like 47. Yeah, I think I think somewhere around there.
0: Let me see. I think I might have found it. 23, 24 season. Yep, here we go.
1: It might. It may be lower than that.
0: It is lower. 42 and a half. Yeah. So I just think, I think what we've learned from this is that Vegas doesn't believe in the Hawks a ton. Uh, they don't believe in the Quinn Snyder effect. And I mean, probably some of this, just looking like we said earlier, looking at the team, you know, it's just, this is pretty much the same team, you know. We have the rookies coming in, but we're not expecting like Buffkin and Gay to make a massive impact. But it's just the same team as last year with just no John Collins, and that's that is a worse roster, you know. Yeah. If you're not accounting for guys taking leaps forward, you know, we have not really talked about the veteran guys they added. Uh, Wesley Matthews is on this team. Patty Mills is on the team still. He didn't end up getting traded. Bruno Fernando's back. So those guys, I mean, uh, backup point guard, like you mentioned, you might see a little Patty Mills. Um, you know, he's a vet. Uh, Wesley Matthews, 37 years old. So we'll see what role those guys have. Um, but, you know, I think we're mostly going to see uh, off the bench, at least, you know, Bogey, AJ, Jalen, Um What do you think? What do you think the opening uh lineup's going to be to start the season? I, I'm thinking Trey, DeJounte, Hunter. I think Sadiq's going to start and then Capella. What do you think?
1: I, I was going to say that exact lineup. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty much set in stone. You just take John Collins out, and put Bay in and and you know I I mean Hunter God I just I don't know I am not ready to watch DeAndre Hunter play basketball. I don't know what uh he just doesn't have a spot I feel like like his defense is not even that exceptional where you're you're really giving him 25 minutes a game. I just don't I don't like DeAndre Hunter, man. It's just the same
0: story every preseason. I feel like we've been doing this for three years in a row now. It's like, if Hunter can take a leap, it, it, he could be amazing. I mean, he is 25 still, but, you know, he's would, just – he's so frustrating, man.
1: I would absolutely love it if Jalen Johnson was starting. Like,
0: It might happen eventually. But, like, the thing with Hunter is he's never, like, so bad for a long stretch of time to get, like, uh, exiled out of the starting lineup. You know, it just it's never happened. Like he'll have, like, he's like, what it's just like on and off, on and off, on and off. He never has like prolonged stretches of being horrible, really. And he never has prolonged stretches of being great. You know, it's just every couple games, he mixes it in. He is one of the most maddening basketball players I've ever watched in my life. You know, and, and he's 6'8", 220. If you could just be more aggressive on both sides of the ball, I think it would do wonders for him. You know, I saw people talking about, I think it was, I didn't get to watch the Indiana preseason game, but apparently he was getting after it. You know, and being super aggressive, and he he looked great. So I don't I don't know, man. We'll see, we'll see. That's that's my stance on him, and I, I've refused to get my hopes up anymore for him. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like two years ago, he was shooting thirty eight percent from three. Like you'll take that from him, you know, throwing up three or four game. But he shot more last year, and his percentages went down. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he if he's hovering around thirty eight to forty percent from three. And, you know, he's getting after it on defense, full effort. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him get 25 a game, you know, pushing 30, like what, whatever. But, but the effort, I think, um, I, I don't really like it when he has the ball in his hand. I think if he can kind of become an off ball shooter, um, pull up on the spot, like I said, around 38% from three, um, I think he's got a legit spot on this team. He's, he's, he's got to put the work in, he's got to be more physical, really, on the defensive side. Like, um, you know, if, if he can guard the, the four and, and kind of stretch, I think I think he'll be wonderful. Um, you know. But we'll see. I mean, I think we say this every year, we'll see. I just really hope he doesn't become a new John Collins where we're sitting here going, All right, when are we moving him? Like he's in trade, you know, yeah trade talks every week. I, I hate the pressure. Um, you know, you put on a player, I, I don't like that. Um it's, I hate the it's like,
0: Yeah, it's not gonna be the same as Collins because Collins are just better and more established, you know, like it's going to be harder to trade Hunter, you know, and it got to the point where it got harder to trade Collins too, because he didn't perform as well. And that's kind of what you saw when we actually traded him with the salary dump. But yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I think he, like, I'm looking back. The year we went on our run, he was so good until he got hurt that year and he just never has been, been able to go back to that level. You know, that 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 was his best stretch of basketball. He played in twenty games and he was awesome to start the twenty twenty one season. And then he like ever since then he's just been so inconsistent. It's it's gonna be interesting. It is the first year of his extension. Um, we'll see how desperate they are if they are desperate at all to trade him. Um, you know the Collins thing was ridiculous of the trade stuff with him, the up and downs of that. Uh yeah. So I, I yeah I hope it's not that just for Hunter's psyche. And for mine, honestly, too, just having to read those rumors for years. But uh, yeah, we will see, man. He is the ultimate question mark of the team. But I will say, if he can play to his potential, it, it would be huge for the team. He could be like a lockdown guy who's going to be covering the best player on every team we play. He could be that. I mean, they're gonna—he's going to be doing that anyway. But we could actually feel good about it. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, like we've we've said this the last two years, he's he's got to take that step. You know, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a leap, but, but just take that step, you know, make your presence felt, um, you know, we'll see with Quinn Snyder, man. It's, um, things are going to be, things are going to look a lot different this year, like completely revamped offense. I think new schemes, you know, even on the defensive side, like we'll see how much man they play. We'll, we'll see what kind of, you know, designs we have on, on defense. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I think I think Trey's going to be in the, you know, we saw this a little bit last year when Snyder came in, but Trey's going to be in the lanes a lot. Um, we know DeJounte's got, you know, that great ability to, to pick passes and, and take them to the other end. You know, maybe, maybe we see Hunter, um, you know, with that, with that aggressiveness and um, getting after it. So it's going to be fun. He, he's definitely a make or break guy. He can, he can take this team to the next, the next step like very quietly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see.
0: Yep. We will. We will. Um, All right. So, yeah, Wednesday night, Hawks-Hornets. Should be a pretty favorable game for the Hawks. They are on the road, but the Hornets are not good, and they're just a disaster of a team. Hawks are three-point favorites. Hopefully they get a win under the belts. I know they play Milwaukee game, too, so that'll be interesting. So, yeah, you got any final takes on the Hawks before we uh, go on with our awards?
1: I do not, my friend. Like you said, they, they open up at home against the Knicks on Friday. Then they go uh they go Sunday they go up to Milwaukee and then play back to back with uh, the Timberwolves so you know a little a little mix of good and bad teams we'll see some we'll see some big time stars Dame Giannis, cat um you know we got our rivals coming coming home on, on Friday it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's it's a, it's a you know honestly a great way to start the season um yeah it's gonna be fun it's been way too long like NBA offseason just feels like it drags forever. You hear rumors, the free signing, um, the trades. It's it's madness. I I, I freaking love the NBA. It, there's nothing better.
0: Yep, yeah, NBA kicks off uh, tomorrow. I know the Lakers play somebody. I think the Warriors play too. So yeah, first games are tomorrow. Hawks play Wednesday, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, we can uh, move on now to our awards for the week. I believe I have first dibs. And uh, for my Jock Pierce of the Week, this one's a bit out of left field. I'm sure you saw this earlier this week. It's going to Eddie Rosario. So we're going with the Braves here. I haven't spoken of them once this episode, but I'm giving it to Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario is a gold glove finalist in left field this year. (laughs) And I think that's just awesome. You know, Michael Harris, he's a finalist. No brainer. Maybe the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Austin Riley made it. You know, not surprising. He was pretty good at third this year. Eddie is a finalist, and when I saw that I was stunned. But I took a bit of a deeper look into his numbers. Eddie Rosario was the best or the third best defensive left fielder in baseball this year, according to Outs above average. That's pretty crazy. Only Steven Kwan of the Guardians, who is a everybody loves him, he's a defensive wizard, and Christian Yelich were better than Eddie this year. <laughs> And if you watched every game this year you probably wouldn't think that. So I got to I got to give it to Eddie. I kind of think he might win it just because left field defense around the league is so bad. So I do think he has actually a real chance to win the gold glove and I would love nothing more than my my sweet prince Eddie Rosario to take home a gold glove.
1: Yeah, left field kind of feels like, you know, the old right field. Like you're kind of just throwing your liability out there and that's that's what it's been for the Braves the past 3 years. Um that is hilarious, like absolutely hilarious. But you know, you look at the stats and you're like, Yeah, it's not too bad.
0: He's 80th percentile, and yeah. not above average.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not bad. So, yeah, and I uh, go ahead, go ahead. It's kind of funny. Like, I'm like, he does not pass the eye test for a left fielder. No. I don't know why, you know, he just doesn't look like a left fielder, but he's looking he makes
0: good. These- he, he makes good plays, um, every now and again. You know, he'll make a good sliding grab, but then there's some where it's just like, what, what like what is he doing? Like, yeah. let's go. What happened? So yeah, Eddie, Eddie's actually kind of got an interesting offseason ahead of him. We got a nine million dollar uh, team option. So I don't I don't know if they're gonna pick that up or what. Um I look, yeah, and defensive run save too. He's the sixth best in baseball. So I mean, hey, <laughs> like he might win it. He might yeah win that would
1: be that would be comical if 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 he if he won this award i think um i don't know i mean that's awesome that's phenomenal
0: yeah you know everybody um everybody talks about how marcelo zuna won the gold glove with the marlins it would kind of be like that i think <laughs> which that's <laughs> yeah, funny too yeah but yeah i mean, I mean michael here ha- shout out to michael harris too he made it i think he could win it riley made it he's not going to win it because brian hayes is going to win it because he's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. And Aaron Dono didn't make finalists. So his his run of winning one every year of his career is over, which is kind of crazy that he won it every single year that he's played.
1: So I I just got to confirm, was that a Jock Peterson for uh, Rosario?
0: Yes, that was a Jock. That was, yeah, it, it might have been a Vic Beasley to the Gold Glove voters, but then I looked at his numbers. I was like, oh, okay, it makes, makes sense. So, yeah, Jock Peterson for Eddie. Shout out to Eddie.
1: All right. Well, um, I'll take I'll take the easy one two here with my jog Peterson of the Week. It's gonna be Young Ho Koo. Young way Koo wins it um with the game-winning uh field goal. You know, shout out to Ritter and Pitts for connecting and getting us into field goal range, but man, Koo was money. He plays that little cut. He went three for three. Um I know we didn't score a ton of touchdowns, but you can rely on Koo. Three for three, fifty-one long, one for one on extra points. Um, you know, when your kicker puts up 10 of 16 points, that is a W all day long in a division game like that. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, he was good. Um uh, wasn't it wasn't a chip shot either to win the game 51 yards, you know. That's not nothing. He nailed it. Uh on my fancy team too put up 13 points. Appreciate that. So yeah, shot to Young Way Koo. Um he said he's had a nice year. I know he missed he had a he had a weird week earlier where he missed a field goal and extra point, but other than that, he's been pretty much perfect. So, yeah, shout-out to young Hui for that one, for the dub. Um, all right, for my Vic Beasley, kind of tough here because I guess I could give it to Ritter just for the fumbles, but they weren't all his fault. I'm not going to do that because I feel like I've given it to every week. I'm just going to give it to the Bijan Robinson situation. <laughs> like, it's so – it was just so odd. I mean, it ends up being fine in the end. We win the game, but, you know – I like it kind of got progressively like people were losing their minds more and more. Um, because no one knew what was going on. Like people just thought he was benched for the first half, really. And it was like, okay, he didn't play the first drive. Don't panic yet. Oh, he hasn't played this drive. Oh, he's on the field at least. Oh, no, no, he hasn't touched the ball yet. And it was just so weird. Uh, people were already like uh predicting the Arthur Smith post-game press conference about him bringing up fantasy football, which he didn't. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I don't I don't know who's at fault here. I don't think no one really is, but it's just so weird and I didn't I didn't like it. I hope Bijan's doing better. so I'll give it to the entire Bijan Robinson debacle on Sunday.
1: Yeah, you completely snatched my Vic Beasley the week. There's not a ton um, of good ones, so how to. Yeah, it, it's actually kind of funny. The NFL is investigating um the Atlanta Falcons about whether they knew Bijan Robinson wasn't physically well and why it was not reported. It is a standard practice for the league to question teams about a player if he is not included on the weekly injury report and then is either unavailable for the game or plays far less than what typically occurs. Violations have been met with fines. So the Falcons could get fined for uh, for a sick Bijan playing football. I mean, Uncle Arthur might know. have to
0: open up that billfold.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was kind of low-key uh, a good chess move from Arthur Smith. I mean, Bijan was a decoy all day long. So. Yeah.
0: Like, it's not like he was listed as active and didn't get any snaps. He got like, he's like 25% of the snaps. Like he was on the field. So yeah. I don't know. He only touched the ball once, like we said, but it it, it was so bizarre. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there is still, still some strategy in there of just having him out there, having the defense have to look at him, you know, just in case, but yeah, super weird. You know, got the one carry with 30 seconds left in the game. And yeah, that's my that's my Vic Beasley. So hopefully B. John is ready to go next week for the Titans.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he's back and, and, and you know healthy. So yeah, I agree with you. That was just super weird. That was exactly where I was headed uh for, for, for my pick too. But um yeah, not not too much happening this week. Um I'm gonna have to pick. So I'm not actually gonna pick Desmond Ritter, right? I'm going to pick Desmond Ritter's awareness. His just one okay. trait. <laughs> He uh he had two fumbles on the one yard line. I think uh I don't know man. Like it's it's so hard to give it to anybody else. He is
0: is somewhat yeah he is somewhat at fault for at least two of them.
1: Yeah yeah just grip the ball a little better you know that's all I gotta say. Have that have that you know blind side awareness. Um, Just just safely fall into the end zone next time. You know just a little just a little extra you know two feet and you're there um yeah just do the thing just
0: hold the ball over the pile like everybody does don't hold it like you're not you're not at the 20 yard line anymore just stick it over
1: yeah embrace embrace running the ball you know so yeah um that's my pick he you know he was fine other than that he threw the he ball. Really well was, yeah. he made big time throws and and that's what counts he uh he set the team up to win um you know not with not with his hands or his awareness but with his arm <laughs> um you know he, he was fine i'm 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 not on the hate Bijan train this week. That's why I'm only halfway giving th- giving it to him. Um, but yeah, that's my pick.
0: Yeah, I mean they were all just so maddening. Um, you know, two of them at the one is just actually just kind of funny. You know, we can laugh at it now, but you know, everybody in the moment on Twitter was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't get to see the reaction to the last one, but I saw the first two, and it's just like, "Jesus, man." Like those are the worst. Like it's just in the red zone that happening. It's just not not many worse things can happen to you in a football game. They' giving the ball away in the most ridiculous possible fashion three times, two of them at the one. If they would have lost this game, we would have done an hour on that. <laughs> so <laughs> thank God they held on. And yeah, it was uh, that was something. Then that was something. So yeah, uh, Desmond Ritter, you have a, yeah, just have a little bit more uh, awareness. You know the one he really needs the awareness on is the the last one where we get punched out. Like he stick it over. Don't let don't give them the chance to do that. But still, shout out to Antoine Winfield. That was a great play. That was just a perfect. He nailed it with the punch. Yeah, and he deserves some credit. That was a good play. So, yeah, good award. Good award. Um, that definitely deserves some flack.
1: Yeah, the yeah.
0: the Diamondbacks just won. I know we're both Let's watching. Go game yeah. seven,
1: baby D backs. Game,
0: game seven tomorrow. D back up.
1: Prediction, prediction, prediction time. Game seven. Who's pitching is going to be
0: Ranger Suarez and Brandon Fott? I'm going to pick the Phillies. <laughs> You're going to pick the Phillies? Yeah, yeah I, I don't want the... them to, but I'm going to pick the Phillies. I know the Rangers and Astros are probably just now starting, so I'm probably going to turn that on. Um, Enjoy that game okay. seven, too, as that series has been pretty crazy. So, I'm starting to be able to enjoy baseball again. I'm starting to just be like, oh, it's playoff baseball. It's like fun. Like the beginning of these series, I've just been like, no, nah, not watching, don't care. But they're getting good, so now I'm now I'm invested a little bit. But if the Diamondbacks could win, man, that would be awesome. Eighty four wins in the World Series, that's 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 great. <laughs> that's good yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, so for sure, that's uh, awesome.
0: It is all right. So yeah, this time next week we will be back with another episode. Talk some Hawks, talk some Falcons. Um, and yeah, big week ahead, Tennessee. For the Falcons and then uh, the Hawks are going to get underway. Hopefully they get off to a good start. So, you got any uh, final takes? we got for chess before we get out of here?
1: I do not. Go, Birds. Go, Birds. Hawks go and Go, Birds. Falcons.
0: Birds of all kinds in Atlanta. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. Pick me up from this uh, tragic Braves loss. Just pick me up a little bit. Let's go.
0: Yep. Things have gotten better. For the time being. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. If you made this for listening, we really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one.